Hey there, babes. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to share a quick thanks to all of you who sent me just so much love and positive energy this week. I was recently photographed along with five other beautiful humans, completely nude, for Now Magazine's Love Your Body 2021 edition. This article launched this past Thursday, was obviously a very vulnerable experience, and I'm just completely overcome with how much love I've been showered with since posting it. I've had a really complicated relationship with my body for a long time, both naked and clothed, and this has just really opened up some pretty incredible conversations about self-love, about fucked up beauty standards, and I was just absolutely honored to be a part of it, and I just so appreciate all of the incredible responses I've had from a lot of you. So if you haven't seen it, check it out on my Instagram, at BaySavageXO. You can also see the full article at Now Toronto. And just a quick shout out to Glenn Sumi, who organized all of it, and Samuel Engel King, the photographer, absolutely incredible, at Samuel Engel King on Instagram. Thanks, babes. Lots of love. Love your bods. Hey there, babes. Welcome back to the Babe Cave. This is another episode of Your Place or Mine, and I'm your host, Bay Savage. We are back with another history episode, a follow-up to an earlier episode about what I have conned the influential eight. Now, if you missed that episode, I do recommend going back and listening to that first as we cover the first three influential men that impacted how I view relationships, non-monogamy, connection, a lot of different things. So this list of men were really some of the longer-term secondary partnerships I had that taught me lessons, and I took things from positive things, not so positive things, but really helped to mold and shape how I view connecting with potential partners. So last time we covered Mike, the hot, nerdy guy who taught me about coming really hard, Then there was Brad, who was so hot, (laughs) so hot, Uh, incredible sex. First one, first guy I was with that was very dominant, so I was able to explore dom-sub play for the first time, and also role play, we had a lot of fun with that. He taught me to uh, alter my standards. Uh, Basically, he was just smoking hot, and I was like, okay, if I can fuck super hot dudes, I'm going to fuck super hot dudes. So I just started only fucking super hot dudes. (laughs) Shout out to anyone listening who I've had sex with. I probably think you're at least pretty damn hot. So then there was Marcus. Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. He was the one that unfortunately I fell in love with and that was an interesting experience. Hot English man who hurt my heart quite hard, (laughs) but I've recovered and we're in a better place. So next on the list of the influential eight is, we're going to call him Steve. And Steve kind of caught me by surprise. And again, matched on Tinder, met up for dinner and drinks downtown, very attractive. (laughs) I just like smiling, thinking back at him because I only have positive experiences about my partnership with him. It was different than I'd had before, um... If you haven't realized, I'm a very sexual person. And Steve wasn't. He took a long time to warm up to people and didn't have sex with people that he wasn't really connected to. And so I think we went on like five five dates maybe before anything happened sexually, like in bed. And that was the longest I'd ever gone up to this point. Uh, 
but we had this really, really cool connection. And I felt spending time with him to, I found spending time with him to be extremely recharging. So in the grand scheme of things in our relationship, we didn't have that much sex. We did spend a lot of time cuddling in bed and just being up against each other. And that was really, really wonderful. He was also the first person who I started smoking weed with. I like I had gone back and forth from smoking weed at that point, but he just gave me weed all the time. <laughs> and so I just started smoking weed all the time. And turns out I'm a big fan of cannabis. So shout out to Steve for helping me start an amazing relationship with marijuana <laughs> uh, and even other drugs, but that's a, a story for another day. So I would have these amazing nights with Steve where we would like go out and get dinner, smoke a bunch, spend a lot of time talking, and then just like lay in bed attached to each other. And physical touch is just such an important thing for me. And I always found that our time together was just so wildly rejuvenating. And that was really, really wonderful. And it got to a point where it fizzled because he didn't really want to have sex with me. (laughs) And I want to have sex with everyone all the time. And it just wasn't working. And he had a primary partner and I just, it just wasn't working. We were looking for different things and it ended. And it's too bad because he is a really, really good guy. (laughs) And we were, we're still like, I don't follow each other on Instagram. Like, says some nice stuff every once in a while. I've bought, purchased substances from him (laughs) since. And, um, I think he taught me about connection that can happen without sex. And I think that was a really important lesson for me at the time because I am such a sexual person and that is such a big part of how I connect with men that it was really interesting to have this different, strong, and deep connection with someone that was still physical, but in a different way. So I think I found that really fascinating. Also, like vegan food, he totally got me into vegan food. (laughs) So shout out, Steve. Uh, Delicious. And now I eat a lot more vegetables (laughs) and vegan food than I did before. Next on the list is someone we're going to call Christian. And... I honestly don't even really know how to talk about this man. He's older, distinguished, beautiful, well-dressed, sold like designer products. He was just a fancy fucking dude. And oh my God, he had the perfect penis, like absolutely perfect. I will tell you, his nickname is still to this day. K-O-D, which stands for king of dicks. (laughs) And if he's listening to this, which he might be, I don't know. He still follows me on Instagram. But he knows that his name is king of dicks, so he knows this is about him. And I don't use that term lightly, but this man had an absolutely incredible penis and was absolutely incredible in bed. And definitely shout out to older men who have been around the block a few times and really know how to make love to a woman. And fuck, did Christian know how to fuck me? And he was just, he he just seemed so worldly and he had interesting stories and he spent time with interesting people and he went to interesting parties. And all of that was a bit of a (laughs) smokescreen. And it got to a point where 
he was just busy all the time. And we kept, like, we would check in every few weeks or every whatever. We would check in every few weeks, and he would say, like, yeah, soon I have to head out to the East Coast and work for a bit, or I'm going to Europe and I have to go do that and I'll be back in a couple of weeks, but then I'd love to see you. Or I'm actually like going up to Muskoka to the cottage, like maybe in a couple of weeks or as soon as I'm back. And then it had been a month and I had been really vulnerable and honest with him where I was like, look, I'm fine with this being casual and not seeing you often, but I don't like, I don't want it to be like four months. That's not the kind of connection that I'm looking for at all. And he was like, yeah, of course, no, like, we'll definitely spend more time together than that. And I was like, yeah, of course, I believe you, I'll listen to you, because you're hot and you have an incredible penis. And he just kept blowing me off and blowing me off and blowing me off. And then I would see him, and it would be so good and so hot. I would be like, yeah, it's fine, this is great. So the last time I saw him, we had this amazing day, we, like, went out for a really great dinner, had some edibles fucked for hours and hours and hours in positions I hadn't done before and he just like took me to new levels and it was great and he left and I was on a cloud and it just felt so wonderful and so looking forward to seeing him again we made plans for like maybe a couple of weeks later and he would let me know (laughs) so I never saw him again (laughs) he basically curved me for a few months and I was really honest. I was like, look, I miss you. I just like want to see you and I appreciate that you're busy. He just kept putting it off and putting it off. And then it had been like 11 months. And I was like, look, just end it. Like if quit stringing me along, like I'm going to see you again if you don't want to see me again. And I had basically just said, I was like, look, I'm just, I'm feeling a little bit sad about this situation. And I think that I deserve a little bit better than this. And he basically came back and said, Like, I told you that this was going to be casual and just gaslighted me into thinking that I was doing something wrong because I didn't like the fact that he hadn't seen me in a year. So I I am, for the most part, trying not to speak ill of people on these podcasts because, again, like, some of these people will listen and I don't want to put that energy out into the universe. And so I'm not upset with this man still. I know it sounds like it a little bit, but I think it's... It disappointed me because I was really enjoying the connection. He was super hot and the sex was really fun. And I just didn't like that he made me feel that I wasn't worthy of his time. And that asking for an evening once every few months was too much to ask. So I think what I learned from that situation was standards. And that I needed to increase them. And that I couldn't let hot men treat me poorly just because they were hot, because they've been allowed to do whatever they want for a long time. (laughs) So if you're listening to this, KOD, I do miss your wonderful dick, and we had a lot of fun together. But it sucks how it ended, and that's too bad. But such is life. We move on. So the next connection that we're going to talk about is Aiden. Aiden was in an early episode Uh, Aiden and I had a very intense five-month relationship, and Aiden, like, I know I said earlier, like, in in a previous episode that someone had fucked me up, but Aiden really, really fucked me up, and Aiden was really the first time that I got, like, hard 
dumped. Like five months into the relationship, I went over to his house and he broke up with me and I left in tears and it sucked. It was so painful. I haven't felt, I don't think I felt pain like that since. (laughs) And yeah, I know it was a five month relationship. (laughs) Like my marriage ended and my three year relationship with Calvin ended and neither of those were as painful as things ending with Aiden. And I learned a lot from my situation with Aiden. And I think when we look from a relationship standpoint, the biggest issue was Aiden and I didn't actually have a relationship ever. We were barely friends. Uh, We weren't even like good friends. But the sex we had was so good. And this was, as I had mentioned in his episode, we had alter egos that fraternized together and we really lent into that role play so my alter ego Aurora and his alter ego that we're not naming had an absolutely incredible sexual relationship and an insane connection and he was the first time that I really went hard into dom sub play and like pain play and a lot of really intense stuff exhibitionism uh, like sex at sex clubs, like just a lot. Um, and I think the issue with that relationship was it got so intense so quickly and a lot of that intensity was sexual, but that gets complicated and it can cloud your view on what's actually going on. And I think I had started to create a future that maybe there was here and I didn't tell him that or have a conversation with him about that and that future was going in different directions. And things ended really abruptly for reasons that I'm not going to go into yet. We might talk about later. But it sucked because it was a really intense, really amazing connection. I was developing feelings for him and he was not developing feelings for me. (laughs) And it's not that he didn't care about me. We did we're still friends now and I think we have a really caring friendship and I'm very blessed to have him in my life and I look back so fondly on the time I had with him and we just like opened so many new doors together that I think that clouded my view of what the connection actually was and built it up into this massive, massive thing that it wasn't. So from Aiden, I learned not to get ahead of myself, not to create expectations of other people and not share that with them, and not to plan a future or any sort of future plans with someone without including them in the conversation. Now next, we are moving on to someone we'll call Kevin. Kevin, I saw for about a year. Um, We've only ever had sex. That was what it always was. We had a very, very casual relationship. Uh, Like a drop by, fuck, leave in an hour and a half, and that's it. And I always felt shitty after he left. That wasn't a great relationship for my self-confidence and self-worth because it was really like... He just had such little interest in actually getting to know me as a person, and he didn't share anything. I barely knew him. Uh, But the sex was so good, 
And I had mentioned earlier about being dignitized. He was the person that had dignitized me. And what I meant by that is normally if I don't have a, at least somewhat of a connection with someone, so like a friendly connection or whatever, then the sex isn't good because my vagina and my brain or my heart at least somewhat communicate. But with him, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the sex was so good that it didn't matter we didn't have a connection because my body was so entirely connected to his body. I cry a bunch of times with him when I came. <laughs> we just like had this really incredible sexual connection. And when I look back at what I learned from that situation and from this relationship, I don't think it's a positive that I came out of it saying, I learned that meaningless, emotionless, connectionless sex can be super hot. <laughs> like that's not a takeaway because I don't think that's going to happen with very many people in the future. But I had to really put my foot down with him and we ended things. So this brings us to the last of the influential eight. And this last man on the list, I like I honestly didn't really know if I should include him or not because realistically we've only really been on like a handful of dates. But this was an intense handful of dates. Now, we're going to call this man Tristan. And when we first matched, he was in a relationship that had recently opened. And I was single-ish. And it started when we matched. I was like, look, I don't want to go on a date with you right now. Also, very, very attractive man. And older. Um, I didn't want to go on a date with him right away because he had literally just dipped his toe into the world of non-monogamy polyamory. And I've been like the guinea pig for people too many times. It's like, I don't need you to fuck me over to know that you don't want to be non-monogamous. So you know what, Tristan, go date a bunch of other people and then like, give me a call. So that's what happened. And we reconnected a few months later and we went on a date and it was a really wonderful first date. He's gorgeous, like a great dresser, all these super hot tattoos, just like a beautiful man. And had an interesting career, so just really great conversation. And he was just really fascinated by my life in non-monogamy. And I was able to share a lot of really cool insight. And I think he was a little bit intimidating to me when we first started talking just because of how good looking he was. And being older and just really established in himself, at least it appeared, and that was hard for if me being someone who's a little bit more like dominant in my everyday life. It was a strange dynamic. But he had so many questions about non-monogamy and he was so inexperienced that it kind of leveled the playing field. And we both were experts in our own areas and the connection was really cool. So we he didn't have a lot of time. He had a busy job, obviously a primary partner that he lived with. And they had a lot of rules. Again, I've talked about rules in the past. Rules aren't bad, but they make things just trickier when you're connecting with someone new. So we went on a second date a while later and also really wonderful. And he had kind of said, like, when it comes to sex being on the table, they had rules around that. So it was like maybe by date three or four, but it had to kind of be approved <laughs> by management. So we went on this really great second date and... Uh, like a board game kind of cafe, which was really fun. Had a couple of drinks and just like great conversation. I 
was really enjoying connecting with him. I was very attracted to him. I felt very drawn to his energy, just all positives. And he definitely seemed a little bit too good to be true. (laughs) Should have listened to that one. But yeah. So that night we talked about potentially things moving to a more physical place in the future. And he was very interested and so was I. And so we he had basically said he was going to go talk to his partner about it and then we'd go from there. So over the next little bit, like we continued to chat and turns out like, yeah, everything was good. Like fucking was on the table. And so I was obviously wildly excited. So I'm like counting down the days and we had, there was a little bit of time in between dates initially. And then this next date was going to be a little bit of time as well. Cause I think there's just different things that happened. And again, he was a busy guy. So made these plans and then we were about a week out and I'm just like, (laughs) I feel like a kid counting down to Christmas. I was so excited to have sex with this man because throughout the span of us originally matching and then his, the kind of gap in between where he went and dated other people. And then we like, we started going on our dates and they were like a month apart that it was, it took time. So we're about a week out and I texted him and I was like, I think I had sent him a like, a week out. (laughs) Like, I'm excited to have sex with you message. And then he's like, Hey, can I give you a call? And he called me and turns out he was dealing with some issues in his primary partnership and they were taking a pause from dating. That was fairly shattering (laughs) and valid. Like I get it. Non-monogamous relationships are tough. You have to put your primary partner above other people. The foundation of that relationship has to be the basis of everything. And when it's shifty and rocky and it's not working out, you got to take a break. And we had to take a break. And that sucked. Cried on the phone. Super disappointed. <laughs> I think it had, been, it had been a shitty week too where I'd been disappointed by a couple other men at the same time. So that was wonderful. And so we took a pause. And months later, he started watching my Instagram stories. <laughs> And we kind of reconnected over DM and talked a little bit more. And I'm not going to go into all the details of what happened, but we were able to reconnect. And we reconnected right around my birthday and fucked finally. And it was so hot and it was so worth the wait. And I just... I love, I love spending time with him. I love talking with him. We just like sat on this rooftop of this condo drinking bourbon and talking about life. And then we fucked and he's so hot naked. It was so good. And then he moved like the other side of the country, like immediately. So that was pretty cool. (laughs) So we obviously like stopped seeing each other and it was kind of like, if you're ever in Toronto again, let's hook up. If I'm ever out your way, let's hook up. So I ended up out his way and I spent a couple of nights with him and it was really, really great. We, when I look back on it, I feel like it was a little bit of like playing house, (laughs) like when you're a kid, like I was like pretending he was my boyfriend And yeah, that's super unhealthy. And I think that's like a led into the disappointment that ensued, but it was really fun. (laughs) 
And do I regret that time? No, because I had a couple of really amazing days with him and amazing nights with him. And I'm going to hold on to those memories. And they were really, really wonderful. We like connected in a really cool way. And I left and we disconnected for a lot of different reasons. And that was it. And now it's over. And I feel like the theme of all of this was like things that I learned from these relationships, but I honestly don't know what the fuck I learned from Tristan. (laughs) I feel like as soon as it ended, I tried to unpack what I did wrong. And I don't think I did anything fucking wrong. And like there, there is a chance that Tristan's listening to this and he obviously knows who he is. I don't, I'm not angry with him. I'm not holding on to animosity around it, but it sucked. And I think I kept telling myself that it was just the wrong place at the wrong time and our timing was always off, but we're just not a match. And I think I got wrapped up in what I thought it was and it wasn't. So that brings us to the end of the Influential Eight. And as you have heard, there are a lot of intense connections. And yeah, I have great things to say about everyone on this list. I have negative things to say about everyone on this list. I don't wish ill will towards anyone on this list. And I do hope all of these people end up happy. And some of them... I like are still in my life in some capacity, even if it's just like I follow them on Instagram or they follow me or whatever, or we have a mild connection. Some of them I don't have a connection with anymore and I never will again. <laughs> and I think that's healthy. And if they want to just like listen into this, that's totally fine because I'm super fucking entertaining. So you're welcome. So I know this has been a bit of a heavier episode and I appreciate you giving me a space to kind of unpack this because I think sitting here still fucking single, (laughs) I think continuing to reflect on the, I was going to say corpses of the past. (laughs) Like that sounds really aggressive, but the graveyard of relationships, I think the more I look back on a lot of these, I do pick up on trends and patterns. And I think that self-reflection piece is really important. If you connected with any of this, if you've learned things from relationships that you think would help other people, if you have a story that you want to share, or you, there was something that came up in this episode that spoke to you and you felt you connected with, reach out to me. I think a really cool thing about this podcast is it being a platform for me to connect with just more people and have these really raw, honest, vulnerable conversations about growth and hurt and change. And I think the more we can foster these conversations, the less heavy they feel because we're not carrying them alone. So babes, thank you so much for spending this time with me here in the babe cave. This has been yet another episode of Your Place or Mine, and I'm your host, Bay Savage. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at BaySavageXO. You'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen in to the 
absolute disaster of my dating history. Love you, babes. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll be back next Sunday. Thank you.